Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Teaching Journeys podcast. I am your host, Dave Roberts, and we have a really special guest with us today who's done some amazing work um, with partnering dogs uh, with men. This is part of his life passion. It is his life passion. And um, so let's get right down to it, and I'm going to introduce him. Um, Michael Overly is a Tenshi Flow healer. He's a canine partnered men's coach. He's an author, podcaster, and lifelong dog fanatic. He's had a gift of connecting with animals since he was a small child, and dogs have been with him most of his life, giving him gifts and teaching him lessons. Now he helps other men awaken to the gifts available to them from their dogs. He has dedicated himself to assisting men and their dogs discover their path to living a life of love, purpose, and being extraordinary. And Michael, welcome to the Teaching Journeys podcast. I am stoked to have you on today. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is amazing. Yes, um, it is. And it's just Michael and I met again It's through this uh, network, the Global Grief Network which is how we met another mutual friend of ours, Billy Groom, who I just recently had on our podcast talking about canine cognitive behavioral therapy. And uh, we met through, again, I would call it pure serendipity because the people who have come into my life have not come into my life by chance. It's always been by design. And Michael and I just started talking. I think we both had our shared love of animals. I am a cat person. Thankfully, he didn't hold that against me, but I need to... I need to say that I love all animals. Cats just more suited my lifestyle. Um, but I love all animals, and I think they are the one of the closest things to God that we have is, is the animals in our lives because they're just so pure. So, um, so Michael, tell me, just I, we talked about this before we uh, went on the air, but what is a Tenshi Flow Healer? I, just for those who may not, those listeners who may not know what that is. I'm sure nobody knows what it is because I made it up. <laughs> I, 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 co I coined the term myself uh, just from um, you know, beliefs that I have and, and things that I've done. So I've trained in a lot of different energy healing modalities. And one day I was doing a distance session for a Reiki master friend of mine. And I just fell into this other thing. Like the universe opened up. It was wild, wild experience. So I had tears flowing down my face. I was giggling like a little kid. And I just... It was like I opened a portal into something that was literally only feet from me anyway. But I, I was I was able to see it. I was able to gain access to it. Now, Tenchi is a Japanese word. It means heaven and earth, whichever way you want to look at it. But they're together. They're not separate. So we, we tend to, you know, heaven's up there, earth is down here. And we create separation in, in probably 10 million different ways. But they're not actually separate. And I was kind of exposed to that. So I I, uh, I do this work with with guys and their dogs and and give you know give them a little taste to um, let them know there's something more available to them. Um, I haven't trained anybody else to do this because I'm not sure how to do that, but um, yeah, it's quite fantastic. It it sounds it, and I I think from my perspective, I think everything's connected anyway. Well, even things that don't appear to be connected are connected. We can always find some common ground. If we're open to it, we commit to awareness of the connectivity of all things. So, all right, I guess like a good podcaster, I had questions prepared for you, but like I said, we're gonna we're gonna see where this goes. But 
I just get started. Yeah, a little bit. That's true. Just get started. Hey, that, look, I've been working the heavy bag, so you know, so I'm ready for you. If you want to get, you want to go a few rounds, so. Oh, bring it. All right, hey, all right. So you're a canine partner and men's coach. Can you tell our listeners what that is and how what you do is specifically designed to help men? Absolutely. So let's just start with the fact that guys need more help. And we're, uh, we're not willing to ask for that help. Um, if you don't believe me, just turn on the news, right? We've got, we've got some issues out there. Um, men are four times more likely to die by suicide than women are. Mm-hmm. Hello, wake up, guys. Um, we are raised differently. We think we have to be the provider, the big one, the, the man on campus, the army of one, whatever that is. And I'm not saying that you know leading the way is a bad thing, but when you're doing it and not taking care of yourself along the way, then we're lost, right? And that, that's how most of us end up in the positions we are. And hopefully something wakes us up. Um, so the dogs have a, a special way of getting into these places with these guys that other people don't have access to, right? So let's say, you know, I'll use myself in this ex- an example. I go to work. I have just a crap, a shit day at work. I come home, I can't talk to my partner, I'm pissed off, but my dog, oh, she's in, right? I can just chill with her. Well, there, there's no expectations from her that I have to show up a certain way, that I have to be a certain way, that my language is a certain way, that, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can be grumpy, I can be crummy, I can be sad, and she's just there, man. She's just holding space for me. So on an energetic level, they read us, right? And we, we feel this as humans, but we don't really pay attention to it. Like you walk into a room and you're like, dang, what's going on in here? Well, that's energy, right? That's all it is. But these dogs have this way of accessing emotional states that we have that we don't let other people see. So let's say my partner's not home. I can talk to my dog. I can act just sad as hell. I don't have to put on my game face for anybody. Mm -hmm. So that's where we utilize this dog that the man already trusts in this other way to gain access to those emotional states and start to work on some things. And, and you know, it's interesting because, you know, and again, I've, I, I've been a cat person, as I mentioned earlier, but I could have, you know, you know, with, with my cats, I could have been having the worst day in the world and it wouldn't matter. They would just come sit in my lap, let me pet them. They would, they, you know, and it's just unconditional love. And as humans, we, I think a lot of times unconditional love is very difficult for us to, to demonstrate with each other, but but dogs and they and cats they hold that space so well for us. As you mentioned, you could be having the worst day in the world, and you come home and they're just there. They let you pet them. They love you. They they don't care what kind of a day you had. They don't care what kind of mistakes you made. They are just they're just there for you. And the other thing, as I mentioned earlier, uh, before we went on the air, I pulled out some handouts from an animal-assisted intervention training that I went to a few years ago. And interestingly, humans and dogs share 84% of their DNA with each other, which I think is fascinating, but also I think can kind of give us some type of a scientific explanation for why dogs are able to hold such space for us. And my belief is that if we share their DNA, they can empathize with us much in the same way as humans can empathize with each other. Oh, absolutely. It's, I mean, animals and kids, so let's get scientific for a minute. Animals and kids run their energy similarly, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't mm-hmm. been adulted yet. 
So there's you know, a lot of people who train their dogs to memorize a certain number of words, and you can equate that maybe to a certain age of a toddler or a you know, four or five-year-old. Well, come on, right? We, have the, we get stuck in this intelligence thing like, okay, from that point on, though, we are superior to the dog because we know more words. Well, how is it that I can walk in after a complete crap day and within seconds my dog has completely changed my mood? Yeah. Right? So there's intelligence, instinct, intuition. And I think we, we can't tap into those, those last two very easily because we get stuck in the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, I've read this many books. I have this kind of degree. Um, it's, I call it smartest guy in the room syndrome, right? This need to be right. Anything outside of that, then we're threatened, mm-hmm. right? And I, I still don't, I can't grasp that one fully, even though I experience it. I don't know where that comes from. I, I have to be right. I have to be right. Because if I'm wrong, then what? I'm less than? I'm not worthy of? I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, there, there's more uh, pointers, as it were, of how similar we are to everything that's literally around us. The trees, the plants, whatever. Yeah. You know, for me, being wrong gives me an opportunity to be human. Because if I can own that I'm wrong, and I do regularly own that I'm wrong, and I'm, I'm wrong now, I wouldn't say frequently, but I'm not. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm not right about everything. So if I can own that with somebody, that's a step towards me being human. But that's also a step towards building a relationship, because that type of accountability, I think, you know, draws us together. We realize that we can just be whoever we need to be, both you know, whatever good or bad, you know, mistakes or non-mistakes. Um, so. So yeah, it's just it's just um, it's amazing what our animals can help us tap into if we allow our, allow that to happen, um, and I think they can allow us to get in touch with our vulnerabilities more because um, they don't pass judgment on our vulnerabilities; they're just there for them. Yeah. So the other side of that coin for me is acceptance. Yeah. Right. So my dog doesn't care. Right. She accepts that you and I go to the same barber. She accepts that I've got a belly on me. She accepts mm-hmm. that I wear glasses. You know, there, it's not even a question. There's no judgment. It doesn't even come into their awareness that this would create some type of separation for us. Um, it takes a human mind to do that because of what happens as we grow up and the things mm-hmm. that we think we're supposed to do, that we should do, or we have to be a certain way. Um, just because somebody else is. It's absolutely ludicrous. Um, yeah. Like, you don't judge, you know, two dogs standing next to each other. Well, this one's got, you know, a little more fur than that one, so it's probably a better dog. Or this one's got, you know, the different colors, so it's probably a better dog. We just, you know, what, what is that? Yeah. You know, it takes a human to do that. The dogs don't do that. No, they don't. Or the cats. You know, I, I coached a guy over in the Middle East um, who, he reached out to me. He's like, I don't have a dog, but I have a cat. Can we work together? I'm like, absolutely. And it was phenomenal. It's just a relationship. That's the thing. Let's break it down. The dog and the man is a relationship, just yeah. like you and like this is a relationship, right, with us, mm-hmm. or me and my partner, um, you and your daughter. Those are all relationships. We just label them differently. Yep, yep. And we can have a variety of different relationships with a variety of different species. I mean, every species has a spirit. Every species has an intelligence. Every species has instinct. Every species. It's just a matter of how we can tap into that. Um, we measure intelligence differently with humans. We can certainly 
we can certainly see intelligence in, in a varied way with, with, with our animals, you know, and respect that. So what, you just didn't wake up and say one day you were going to become a canine partner men's coach. I'm sure there were some events in your life or, or significant challenges that contributed to your finding your passion as a canine partner men's coach. If you're comfortable, would you be willing to share that with our audience? Yeah, absolutely. Um, was it March 18th, 2017? Uh, my older brother died. And that just wiped me out. That crushed me. Um, I went into deep, deep grief. And one day I found myself um, laying back in a, you know, like a recliner chair. And I was, I was bawling, right? I was sobbing uncontrollably. And I was writhing in pain. I had no idea what was going on. And it actually scared me. And I, I came out of that. And this amazing dog that I had at the time just slowly crawls up on my chest. He just lays on me. And then I felt this. I can now know it was energy. I felt this sensation that just just went, just took the wind out of my sails. And I found this complete calm and peace in that moment. Um, this opened me up to the awareness of who I was actually showing up as in the world, right? I was not who I thought I was. and But now I could see it. And I didn't like what I saw. So I thought, I, I need to get get my you know what gear and um and change this right because my perception of myself is obviously very different from how i was showing up and everybody else could see me even though they held space for me so i've been on this incredible journey and then i started looking back at all my other dogs and what had happened um my dog sage kept me from uh committing suicide when i was like 11 12 years old um i you know my dad had left the house and i came up with a story that it was my fault somehow and um, I was getting ready to, uh, to get out of here. And that damn dog, he knew when my energy would change and he'd come seek me out in the house and he'd just come and just lean into me. Just like, nah, I got you, buddy. You know, but, and at the time, I didn't realize what that was. It just made me feel good. Um, and then other dogs along the way. So after I had this event with my brother and my, my awakening, let's call it, and I realized all these things these dogs have been doing for me, I'm like, well, it's not just me. These animals are out there helping everybody, right? But we're just not noticing it. So what's available to other people is exactly what I had or maybe more. So that's when I decided I wanted to do something different and I wanted to go out and help people and Say, hey, look, that dog, it's not just a cuddle buddy. This dog's doing some serious work for you. Let's help you get into that further. And first of all, first of all, what I want to, what I want to express is my condolences for the loss of your brother. What was his, what is his name? <laughs> That's Bobby. Bobby. Uh, yeah, yeah. If, if Robert, Robert, but um, we do, we call him Bobby. He, uh, he was this, this gentle guy, right? He's, you know, way bigger than me. Um, he had had all these difficulties growing up, um, learning disabilities, uh, bad heart. He had multiple open heart surgeries, got paralyzed at 18, all this stuff. And it didn't matter. He was still just this sweet man, right? He, he, I mean, he was my hero, right? That's, that's who I, I realized later, oh, he was teaching me to be a better man mm-hmm. just by how he was showing up in the world. And, you know, there's a part of me, and again, we've talked about, you know, that, you know, the, the survival of consciousness 
after after our physical deaths. There's a part of me that just be, just because the, the the fact that you were laying down and, and Sage came crawling on your chest immediately, um, it's almost wondering as if he didn't get a nudge from Bobby to do that, as if to say, "Hey, man, I'm still here," but in a different form of energy. You know yeah. that that that's what kind of occurred to me. If that were kind of I was in your shoes. That's kind of how I would have interpreted it. But again, I'm not in your shoes. So that's why I said if that were me, this is how I would interpret it. It's kind of more like a projective piece rather than saying, yeah, well, this for sure is what happened. That's kind of the thought that occurred to me was that there was something going on that was otherworldly at that particular moment. Oh, yeah. And I've, I've had other experiences since then. There's a woman who's a psychic that's a friend of my mom's called me um, not too long after Bobby's death. And she said, uh, Mike, I need to talk to you. I'm like, oh, I'm like, okay. And I was driving. And she said, I've got a message from Bob. And I said, what's that? She says, he says, it's time. It's time for you to shine. Stop hiding. And I, I, just, I almost, I had to pull the car over, right? Because I, I had made a decision a long time ago to diminish my presence, as it were, um, because I didn't have any of the issues that Bobby did, right? Um, I didn't have any trouble school. I did well in school. I, I was athletic, da, 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 da. But I, I realized that he couldn't do all these things. And so I shut myself down. And, uh, and I, you know, I didn't know this lady, right? <laughs> and she, she told me other stuff about myself. It was kind of wild. Yeah, it's just amazing how those things happen. It's kind of like those unanticipated I think joyful moments that occur when we're, we're least expecting it that gets us through the next moment and the moment after that. I think, you know, I mean, we, we, we talk about collateral beauty. You know, I think that's probably one of the things that is, are those just people will call you out of the blue and say, I got a message from Bobby. I got it. Or for me, it would be, I got a message from, from Janine, my daughter, you know, and those are the, the, the moments that stay with me. So, but anyway, so what can dogs teach us about humanity that humans can't teach each other? <laughs> so I love to teach that dogs are masters of presence. You don't always have to be doing, 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 because along with that, for most of us comes thinking, 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 thinking. Mm. And we get stuck in these loops where, I mean, there's no way out of this stuff. So dogs can just be. An example, um, so yesterday, I was walking Indigo, and out of the corner of my eye, I see a pit bull jump out the window of this SUV and charge us. I was like, oh, shit, it's on. So I'm not going to turn and try and outrun a, this dog. So I turned, and we both charged the other dog, right? And I was scared because I didn't want my dog to get hurt. I'm yelling at the guy. Bleh. And then afterwards, I was still all charged up, and uh, she, uh, she shook it off, and she's like, all right, what are we doing next? So they can let go of things so easily, right? There's, there's no story created around it, right? And I still created that story a couple more times in my head since yesterday. Like, oh, next time I'm gonna, I'll do this or I'll do this or maybe I'll carry a gun again or, you know what I mean? This crazy stuff. And she's like, it, it doesn't even exist for her. It's gone. So that is the simplest form of being able to move on with your life is letting something go. And dogs are showing us that all the time it's like 
it, they teach us to be in the present moment. They may teach us about forgiveness towards self and maybe others. Um, and they just teach us to just be. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the ultimate, right? Mm -hmm. So if I, if I need to be protective, I can be protective. But most times I don't. So most of the time I can be in this other state. I can just be um, relaxed. I can be peaceful. You know, none of us are joyous 24 hours a day. That's that's kind of an illusion. I think we're, we're, people seek those experiences. I wonder why they can't have it all the time. We're not supposed to, right? If we were, we wouldn't be on this planet with all of our uh, opportunities for growth. Well, well, you know, this could be a whole other podcast, but I'm a firm believer that happiness by itself is not the key to fulfillment. It's getting in touch with all of our emotions. It's getting in touch with the entire spectrum of sadness, of anger, of disillusionment, of confusion. All of that has something to teach us, and it brings us, it makes us genuine. Um, I don't know anybody who's happy 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, they'll tell you they're happy, but it's because they've, they've played into this society narrative that happiness is the key to fulfillment and success, and emotions will get in the way of that. For me, I think emotions enhance our ability to be present, or enhance our ability to be genuine, and bring in a variety of different and well-rounded individuals into our circle, where happiness by itself can't do that. No. And how would you even know what happiness was unless you understood what anger was? Oh, absolutely. Right? So there's, uh, I think it was David Hawkins. He introduced the theory of the law of opposites. Is that Hawkins? I can't remember. But it, it makes perfect sense, right? Light, dark, soft, hard, wet, dry. It, how would you know one without understanding the other? So obviously, these are all supposed to work together in some way, or they wouldn't even be present and available in our lives. But we, we, we run from discomfort, and so we shut this other stuff down because all I want is this thing. Well, you wouldn't even know this thing if you didn't deal with this thing. Yeah. And, and Carl Jung, he uh, talked about the shadow element in his early work, and the shadow is, the, the, I'm paraphrasing this, is a person you don't, want, you don't want to be. It's all those negative attributes that individuals say you need to disown because it contradicts happiness. But that, that's a part of who we are. And if we can embrace it, we embrace the totality of ourselves when we bring that in any relationship. Dogs don't care about it. The dogs will help us embrace our shadow because their presence alone will validate that they're comfortable with all parts of ourselves. And they can teach us to, to get in touch with that. Absolutely. Oh, my God, absolutely. Regardless of whatever state you're in, your, your dog's going to be available for you. Absolutely. Right? Um, you know, you can learn so far in, the, in that way pardon me, and then move on with whatever healing you're willing to do. And then you go to the next level, and then you go to the next level. But for most people, they don't, they don't know what to do, how to do it, or they're embarrassed, shamed, or afraid to try, right? The, the stigma around mental health, and it's, it's still just this punishing, shaming thing. Um, it, it, that's all stories, yeah. right? If, if, if everybody was so happy, they wouldn't have to shame you. Right. So um, how about mental well-being? Right. Maybe we take mental health out of it because there's there's got there's got to be a diagnosis in there somewhere. Um, let's change that to mental well-being. And, you know, how can how can you be a little bit better for yourself today? That's all. That's it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and take the stigma out of mental health and allow individuals to become more comfortable coming forward to what they see as their perceived challenges are. So, um 
So what are the differences that you see in how men bond with dogs as opposed to women and young children? Or is there really a difference? I think um, at a point it's similar or the same. But for a lot of guys, they crave that instant acceptance, unconditional love, um, lack of expectations, all that stuff that we get from our dogs. Anyway, um, there's a level that they, they really need that and want that. You know, we have so many identities and masks that we wear. You know, from the time we're little, it's mother, father, teacher, preacher. How many teachers do you have to deal with? Maybe coaches, shop teachers, um, whatever it is. There's all these people that show up a certain way and expect you to show up that way, right? So we take on little bits of these personas. We have all these different parts. If, if you study internal family systems, you understand about all the parts inside of you. So how do we get rid of all that stuff? It's daunting, right? We get so buried under all these masks and identities, we don't have a freaking clue who we are anymore. Well, for guys who don't understand those deeper emotional attachments and can't create those relationships with other people, the dog is instant access, right? They don't have to think about it when they're not going to, but there's just this level of energetic exchange that's available no matter what. So, And that in and of itself can help us get in touch with our emotions because, as you know, Michael, uh, many guys don't have a vocabulary that includes emotions. We were taught to, as, as, a young adult, as young adults, to, to suck it up that emotions were a sign of vulnerability. If we expressed feelings, it was a sign of weakness, mm -hmm. um, when in reality, it's a sign of strength. But for, for me, I think that what, what I've understood about my own journey, and I think about what working with other men, is that it's the nonverbal interactions that can get individuals in touch with their emotions. Or men are very cognitive. We're in, I'm in my head all the time. If my head was like a computer, there would be like eight million tabs that are there all at once that, that I have, you know? So it's just a matter of, if I ask somebody how they're thinking, if I can ask a guy, tell me what you're thinking. Well, how do you feel about that thought? Then we can get right into it. If they say, my life sucks. Okay, well, tell me what kind of feelings that brings up. Well, I, I'm angry. I'm, I'm sad. Okay, so we can, we can get there and we experience those feelings just as intensely. But we just have to get to it to a different way. But dogs can cut all through that just by, as you mentioned, being present, just by the way they, they look at you, as lick you, nuzzle you. That in and of itself can, can open up a floodgate of emotions, which, which, which needs to happen. Yeah, if, if only we could allow, right? If we mm -hmm. could allow just a little bit more. Um, there's something else that dogs do that, again, we just completely take for granted. So... A lot of people um, take their dogs for walks, mm. right? And oh, I gotta walk my dog. It's you know they need, they need to poo, whatever it is. But it's so much bigger than that. So that dog is getting out and and using so much brain energy, doing all the sniffing and checking all the stuff out, right? That's their primary sense organ is actually their nose. They're doing all this stuff, but they're getting you outside, out in nature, right? Mm. Where you're you know. In whether what are the, the weather is right, but hopefully sunshine and and um, terpenes are coming off the trees, and um, maybe you say hi to a neighbor, and mm -hmm. maybe you say, oh, I, I never noticed that thing over there, right? There's all these things that are available to us from this chore. Right? So uh, my last dog, Darby, he got get to this point. I was working, 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 working. I was working from home, and he would go to the back door, 
and sit and stare. I'm like, oh, okay, he wants to go outside. And so I'd open the door and he wouldn't budge. And every once in a while, he'd look up at me. Well, it took me a while to figure it out. And one day I went, oh, I need to go outside. And he's like, yep. And so I stepped outside. And then, you know, from then on, I was like, okay, I get it. So he would come and nudge me when it was time to shut the computer off and go outside for a little while. Well, and, and you know, dogs can teach us to walk in awareness because they are so hypervigilant about their environment. They're always exploring. They're looking up. They're looking down. They're looking around. We can use that as a model for ourselves to, to walk in greater awareness in nature. Nature has a lot to teach us um, as well, too. I mean, nature has a living spirit all of its own. And... It could it could teach us to become more they can teach us to become more grounded and more aware just by how they interact with their environment. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Awareness. What a fantastic word, right? We we, we get so locked down, um, we just we don't even remember. I will take the same way to work every day. Do this, do this, same thing all the time, all the time. What if you could make a tiny little shift? What would that give you? You know, next time you take your dog for a walk, go outside, go left instead of right. Mm -hmm. Or go to a different trail or a different dog park or, or however it is you exercise your dog. Just do one thing a little bit differently. And you'll be like, oh, oh, I never noticed this. I didn't know this was out here. So yeah, It's amazing how many times I've walked the same trail, Michael. And all of a sudden I'll look up and I'll say, geez, I didn't notice that before. You know, and, I, and I've walked that trail a hundred times. Uh, which just tells me there's always, always more and more to be aware of if we're, we're just open to it and we commit to it. So. Um, we're going to just take the conversation to all animals now. We're going to get out of the out of the dog world just for a second. Or dogs and and their their other four legged friends. Do you believe that all animals have something to teach us that can help individuals transcend life challenges? If so, what do you think some of those teachings would be? God, that's fantastic. Um, the ability to stand up for yourself. The ability to walk away when normally you might think you might have to stand your ground. Mm -hmm. um, I have colleagues that work with, uh, that do like gestalt therapy with horses and goats. I mean, I kid you not, right? There's so many amazing things out there. It's not just dogs. That just happens to be my specialty and my love. But a bird can teach you something. But you have to just wake up a little bit, pay attention, be aware, right? Anyone, I think everyone here has a message for us or something to learn about, but we have to be open to that. If we get stuck in that smartest guy in the room thing, then, you know, you get what you have. Yeah. And I think the smartest guy in the room is one that realizes that he, he or she or they don't have all the answers, that they are in a constant state of learning and evolving. And that to me is the smartest guy in the room who realizes that I'm only as smart as those that I allow to be teachers to me, whether it be pets, whether it be other, other, other human beings, that everything and everybody has something to teach us. Oh, yeah. So I wrote a chapter for this book back here. I don't know if you guys could see it. Um, there's 20 authors, and um, my, the title of my chapter was I Don't Know Shit. <laughs> And it's, it's about exactly this. It's, um, it's getting out of that I-have-to-know-it-all mindset, um, returning to a beginner's mindset, right? Kind of a, a Zen Buddhist thing. Um, going back to where I don't need to hold all of it because there's no possible way I can know everything anyway. 
But if I allow myself to be open to all the things around me, who knows how, how well I'll do, mm-hmm. right? But if I've got that tunnel vision, smartest guy in the room, you know, it's not going to happen. And, you know, whatever, I've said this to my students, and I say this to everybody, within every great teacher is a great student, and with every great, within every great student is a great teacher. We just have to allow ourselves to play those multiple parts. Parts. Absolutely. Do, do you have any idea how much I learn from the clients I work with? Oh, yeah. It's a, I should be paying them. It's a freaking gold mine. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the same with my students. I tell my students, you know, I think I learn more from you than I could ever teach you. You know, because it's it's literally, they teach me something new about myself and about life every day. Cause, yeah. Because because they're different. And the thing with animals, and I think we've, you know, we've talked about this before in terms of how I was exposed by a good friend of mine, uh, Patty Farino, who was responsible for facilitating a spiritually transformative experience that helped me find peace with my daughter's transition seven years after she had transitioned. And she introduced me to Jamie Sams and Ted Andrews' teachings of Native American animals and nature, uh, or teachings of uh, Native American teachings of animals and nature, excuse me. Um, And basically is that every animal that crosses our path has something to teach us, Uh, whether it's a a robin, squirrel, uh, wolf, a crow, they all have things to teach us. And wolf and crow have become two two animals for me that have rendered rich teachings that have allowed me to to shift my perspective in a lot of different ways. And I think you know, I think the message that I would have for anybody is that let your animals be your teacher. It doesn't have to be a dog, it doesn't have to be a cat, it could be anything, it could be a squirrel, it could be a robin, it could be a cardinal, it could be anything that has a living spirit, that has a pulse, it's got something to teach us. Oh yeah, absolutely. So this... I don't know if you guys can see that back here. This is a wolf, and she's she's dead for quite a number of years. But she was a healer, and people would come from um, all around to see this animal and spend time with her. Um, it's freaking fantastic. People would they would you know after she had died they they would sell like tiny tufts of her fur for for money, and people would report healings from this. Fantastic, right? And I call on Wolf, especially when I'm teaching, because Wolf is, is representative of the pathfinder, the teacher, the communicator. They're very family-oriented. They're very pack-oriented. Um, they realize that we, they teach humans that we can't live in isolation. But the other thing that they teach us that where humans have, may not be able to teach us as effectively is that wolves will walk away from dysfunction very quickly. If they see a dysfunctional pack, they'll walk away. Where with humans, sometimes we stay in a situation longer than we should because for some reason we think our love may shift that relationship around. And there's mm. something that does not want to be fixed or somebody that doesn't want to be fixed, they're not going to be fixed. And all our love in the world isn't going to change it. And sometimes we need to learn to just step away and say, I need to move on. Absolutely. So I had a coach, um, <laughs> her name's Iriel, and she... Uh, we were going, I was working through some stuff around my dad mm-hmm. and she, um, she said, man, you're, you're really arrogant, aren't you? <laughs> and I, I was like, what? She said, you are so arrogant. You think, you know what your dad thinks. And it just stopped me cold. Right. And 
I want him to change so that I don't have to feel uncomfortable. That was the whole premise of where mm-hmm. I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, and this ties in exactly with the, the wolves like, whoa, hey, yep, not going there. You know, yep. if, if we could all do that, but we're so afraid of, you know, disappointing someone, upsetting someone, not looking a certain way. Um, yeah, if we could all set that kind of boundary for ourselves. And, you know, Michael, one of the things I've discovered is a lot of times how people see themselves is how they see others. So that their opinion of you or perception of you is a reflection of what's going on inside of them anyway. So why take it personally? Empower yourself to see yourself through your own eyes rather than the eyes of somebody else. Um, And, you know, I think our animals can teach us that. You know, to, to just empower us to just to do that just by, you said, their presence and by their unconditional love. Yeah. Yeah. So what are one or two takeaways or lessons from your life path that could help our listeners address their own life challenges? Mm. Um, one, be curious. Right. Be curious. If you've got an animal, spend some time like really watching them. Or if you if you have an animal that you walk, get curious about all the things they're sniffing. I'm not saying you have to get on the ground and, and lick whatever it is they're licking, but be, just stop and like, oh, what'd you get into over there? And just be curious about what they're what you think they're noticing or what you believe they're getting into. Um, they their ability to pick up on things is not just you know down to whatever the nose tells them. They have this energetic sense of things. Um, I, their hearing is better than ours, but how do they notice something from like a quarter mile away and they'll turn around, right? So just be really open to that and spend some time with your animals staring out the window, watching birds and squirrels. And I mean, that that is literally a meditation. You don't have to think about it as meditation. Just sit and do that and just be like, wow, I didn't realize how beautiful this tree actually was. I just noticed it's there all the time. And two, practice being present with your dog so or your cat. Sit and sit with them like on the couch, if your animal's on the couch or on the floor, and just so slowly run your hand along their body, right? Feel every single piece of fur. And just let that get come into your awareness of what that really feels like. Because, you know, most of us, we're, we, we get in a hurry and we just do this kind of thing. But just slow it down. You know, maybe lay your hand on their chest and feel the, the rise and fall of their chest as they breathe. And you can feel their heartbeat underneath. Um, you will have no concept sometimes like, oh, man, how long have I been doing this? Right? And I think the thing is, I, I tell my students, question everything. Be curious about everything. Question me. Don't take what me or anybody says at face value. Question it, but do it respectfully without attacking that person's belief system. Find out, how did you come to that conclusion? Educate me some more. I need to know more about your perspective. So question everything, bring out different perspectives, and be present in the process. I like that. I yeah. Like that. Yeah, just because someone doesn't necessarily agree with your point of view doesn't mean that they're arguing with you either. No. You think we have to get defensive all the time? Oh, Ron, come on. <laughs> That's fantastic. We, we are so quick to react instead no. of being able to respond, do do right? No. That's right. And it's that, you know, everybody that disagrees with us isn't 
you know, isn't attacking us. It's just they have a different point of view, and we can learn from that as long as we're present and we stay curious. I like those two teachings. Thank you, yeah. Michael. Okay, finally, how can people contact you, find out more about your services and any upcoming events and whatever else you got going on that our listeners would like to know, should know about? Absolutely. Thank you. Um, so I don't do a lot of events. Um, currently, I'm doing only one-on-one -on -one coaching. And um, even then, it, it has to, we have to have a conversation ahead of time and, and really get into this and see if it's something we both resonate with. So uh, a direct email, michael at dogsandmen.com is the best way to get a hold of me. If you go to www.dogsandmen.com, it takes you to a link tree page with tons of interviews and other things. Um, a bunch of shows I've been on. There are free copies, uh, PDF copies of my books that people can download to learn more about um, what it is I, I believe and what I'm trying to do. Um, and then my latest gig is I'm starting a nonprofit to save lives on both ends of the leash um, and still work, you know, working with dogs and men, but in this whole other capacity, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to the streets as it were. And uh, I'm very excited about that. It's, it's called save2.org. And uh, paperwork's been filed with the IRS. I've got my articles of incorporation. I got approved from the state of Colorado to solicit fundraising. So I'm on my way. Wonderful. And when you get that fundraising link, let me know. I'll make sure I share it when you're Absolutely. ready to do that. I'll make sure I share it. Well, Michael, it's uh, been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. I hope we can do this again sometime. Um, and we don't come back for a second go around. And um, God, it was just great just, just spending some time with you today. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. And for our listeners, I hope you have a great rest of the day, a great weekend, great rest of the week. And I wish you peace. Take care. Thank you.